What should the rest of this Indiana Pacers season look like? Brendan King from 1075. The fan and I are going to talk about the value of winning and losing and chasing the plan. Plus, Pacers-Bucks tonight. Pacers have never been able to beat Giannis. What does that say about their team and what they need? We'll get to it all today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI. And today, fun conversation about the Pacers' last three, four weeks of the season, talking about the value of wins and losses in terms of the draft and the chase for the plan. Pacers very good when Tyrese Halberton plays, and he's only 23. But a good draft pick could be nice for this team. How should they approach that exact situation, especially when you consider development? Brendan King joins me from 1075 The Fan to break all that down, as well as talking about Pacers Bucks tonight and the Pacers struggles beating that team with Giannis. Let's jump right in and be joined by Brendan King. We are now joined by Brendan King. Some of you may know him from his time as one of the announcers for the South Bend Cubs, but yeah. many more of you in Pacerland may know him from his time at 1075, the van super subbing right now on the midday show. Brendan is doing baseball stuff down South. Brendan, how are you? Is it warm there? Cause it's not warm here at all. What's up to East. This is probably the worst day in spring training that the Cubs have had so far. It is 55 degrees in Ooh. Phoenix and it's raining. Oh, you ever hear of that? Oh, does it rain in Phoenix? I mean, apparently, I, obviously, apparently, I, I don't know, but yeah, there was supposed to be stuff at the field today and that was washed away, which I've never heard of a rain out in Arizona, but you know, the one, the week <laughs> I show up there is, but no, otherwise it's been great, man. It's been about 75, 80 degrees every day. Cubs played the Rockies in the uh, MLB spring training game yesterday. We got our rings from South Bend yesterday too. Very so nice. it's been a great week. Phoenix is a great city. Very jealous that you're there. Up here, Pacers practice today. We will not see Benedict Matherin tomorrow against the Bucks. Sounds like other guys could return. Hal Burton, Turner, and McConnell were able to practice to some extent. But that's not what we're talking about, Brendan. <laughs> I want to talk about the last month of this Pacers season, really less than a month at this stage, about three and a half weeks, because a lot of chatter over this weekend about the value of the games they just played against Detroit, right? They win one and lose one, but they sat out some key guys. McConnell did not play. Uh, Turner did not play. Halliburton did not play. Even Buddy Heald was questionable for a game, and that got fans kind of talking about, this is this is good, right? You're getting development for your young guys, but the losing hurts their play and push. There's a lot of factors involved, but how do you kind of view how they should be approaching these last games as they sit at 31 and 38? Man, I'm kind of on both sides of the coin here. Um, because I, I see value in both directions that this could go, where you're not necessarily out of the play-in, what, you're a game back of Washington, I think. You're two games back of Toronto. You know, when you're in a mode where you're down to the last month, you know, teams, <laughs> you know, teams go through rough stretches, and some teams save those rough stretches towards the back end of the season. So I don't think it's out of the question that two games, a two-game comeback in the play-in in a month you know, that could certainly happen. But I, I think I've said this on the midday show before. And I think I've even asked you this before when we've had you on is like, what's the true value of making the play in? And I think that answer 
is different depending on who you ask. For Toronto, I don't think it means anything to play in the plan. You know, they're a team that won a championship a couple of years ago. They're you know OG Ananobi, who knows what his future is. For Washington, playing in the play-in, I mean, they should probably be better than that when you look at their roster. You know, for Atlanta, you would think with a Trey Young-led team, I realize they just fired McMillan and they brought in Snyder, but you know, they probably should be in a better spot than that. And then Miami, you know, they're kind of on the outside looking into that top six. But to me, man, like for, for a Pacers team that um needs experience in this sort of realm. I really think getting into the play and could actually help them. Uh, I think, it, you know, right. yeah, but it, but it depends on the guy on the roster. It, it depends on the guy. Maybe it's helpful for a Halliburton. Maybe it's helpful for a Duarte to get that experience. You know, does Buddy Heald need the play in? No. Does Miles Turner need the play in? Probably not. But there are select guys on this team that I think really would benefit from it. The The unique part of it, sort of is like you can make the play in and then lose and get like the seventh lottery odds. And like, you don't want to bank on that or like plan that way. Cause it's, it's one or two games in the play in tournament. But like that is in theory, the best, because I agree with you because the value of the play in, I think is pretty immense for this team. And you mentioned buddy Hill, but like even he's never played right in a game. And, and Carlisle has said this a lot. Like they played the Heat in, I can't remember when. I think it was November. It might have been December. And it was like 87 to 82 or something. Yes. And after the game, everybody said the same thing. That was a playoff atmosphere, playoff style game. You know, we needed that experience, right? Every time they have a two game mini series against another team, playoff style, two games in a row in the same city, adjust in between games. We need that experience. The game they played against Philly earlier this month that was like 290 freaking points in one game right where every possession is just so important it's like playoff atmosphere that that was important like i get that importance to them especially if that's what they ultimately want as a team but the flip side is obviously hey this draft is uh spectacular spectacular quite frankly at the top and lottery odds are important they're not tied for six with portland who just sucks now i guess um so <laughs> it is really hard to kind of determine the value here and i i think it's interesting that these two games they just played against Detroit, there's the third value, even beyond just where you finish in the standings in terms of getting experience or the lottery, is like when they played Detroit this weekend, they got to run Nembard at points some. They got to play mm -hmm. more O'Shea Brissett. They got to put Nuora and more playmaking opportunities where it's like, even in terms of development in the ongoing season, there's some more value added right there too. Absolutely. And I love the run that the young guys have gotten. And Maybe there were some head scratches when George Hill got acquired, and even you know when Daniel Tice first came back from his injury and he was playing the backup center minutes as opposed to either Jalen Smith or O'Shea when they go small or you know Isaiah Jackson. But I think those questions have kind of been answered right. And again, I've been gone the last week, but I I, I don't I think Tice has been like a DNP coach's decision right over the last few. And Jalen Smith has gotten more minutes. So, yep. no, I mean, I think if you end up going the route where the play-in is not as much of a desire for you, I don't think there's any reason why guys like Tice and George Hill, with all due respect to them, should be playing. you got to figure out what you have in these young bigs especially. I know you mentioned Nemhar getting some run at the point, and, you know, Wara has 
I think looked pretty good at times, uh, especially, you know, Carlisle's mentioned his defense too is something that stood out um, to him through the first few weeks. But man, you got to figure out what you have in Jalen Smith because last year he looked like a world beater. And the start of this year, everybody's like, oh man, like Miles and Jalen Smith, four or five, it's going to be awesome. Well, that hasn't happened. And then Isaiah Jackson at times, you know, we've talked about this, you and me on the show, that Isaiah Jackson at times has looked like, you know, kind of the billing to where he was selected. At times, he's kind of looked like an afterthought. And, you know, already once this year, Goga Batadze has been sent away. So, you know, that's one big that you sort of, for lack of a better term, gave up on. And now you got to figure out what you have in Jalen and, and Isaiah. Hey, guys, let's take one short little break so I can talk to you about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I'm geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your franchise, well, your dream can come true, and this game is for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team and try to lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft. All this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free playable offline on the go where and when you want we have a little group competition with the lockdown nba host it's been fun a lot of trash chalk and you guys could do the same with your friends so lockdown pacers listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the in-game store make sure to check it out download the app visit probasketballgm.com scan the code on your youtube screen or look it up in the app store that's probasketballgm.com ultimate basketball gm start your dynasty today yeah, there's a lot of discovery still to do. And I think even beyond like their literal abilities, <laughs> if that makes sense, is like exploring Nembard more at the one if you can. And they played Wara at the three this weekend next to Brissett. Yeah. And Carlisle's talking after the game about getting him playmaking opportunities. Not like they want to run through him, but just like a couple possessions here and there. And, you know, like I still think Jackson has some sort of future at the four, like all sorts of these little things that if, if you can find a way to do that, you should. Now, here's the tricky part for the Pacers and why they're in such a unique spot in this discussion to me. A lot of times, like like I'll pick the team they're tied with in the standings list, the Portland Trailblazers, right? For them, if Portland pulls the plug on their season, right? They have like obvious vets to like stop playing and, and to put young guys in. That's what you think of as, you know, the end of season strategy, right? Some of the guys in their rotation who are whatever, 29, like Dame is a super duper star, but like, you know, older guys, they already traded away Josh Hart, like Jeremy Grant's almost 30. They traded away Gary Payton already. Yusuf Nurkic is almost 30. Archie Diakono is almost 30. Like they have young guys they play too, but it's easier for them to kind of shift it around. Whereas with the Pacers, it's like, they're already young. Like, you know, it's hard to, to, to play young guys more than they already are, especially what they did in Detroit. Outside of Buddy Heald, they had to play everybody that they played. They could have they they let me rephrase that. Like Buddy Heald is is 30, but they played everybody literally available in those games, right? Like he's the only rotation guy who's a vet, even on the team. Like basically the line between winning and losing is like, does Halliburton play? And he's 23. You want him to be out there and playing and developing. So it's like, how do you tow this line? If you even go that route, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, but just like it's a lot harder for them than other teams to think that way because of what their team construction is. Man, it's really crazy to think about a point you just said that this team lives and dies by their one superstar, which is probably the case elsewhere. But I'm not sure if there's a more jackal and hide team in the league where <laughs> if you take away Tyrese, the wheels just fall off. It, it's 
literally teased the straw that stirs the drink with this guy. And you mentioned the age and you know the coming contract that he's going to get. I mean, he he is right up there. When you talk about the most important player to a team, not the most valuable player, but the most important player to an organization and team right now in the league, at least right now in how they're situated, you know, the Lakers don't look the same without LeBron James. That's always going to be the upper echelon. But the way that the Pacers look without Tyrese Halliburton, as you just said, compared to with him, yeah, that, it's <laughs> it's crazy. It's and and I realize it's going to get better because they're only going to continue to draft more, and they're only going to continue. Eventually, free agents are going to want to come here because they're going to want to play with him, right? I mean, Indy's going to eventually become a decent enough free agent destination, just like Milwaukee has with Giannis. You think anybody wanted to live in Milwaukee before Giannis? Uh, no offense to Milwaukee, but no. Um, I was just there. I had a great time in. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee's a great city, but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. so Indy can be comparable. Indy, Indy can be comparable to a Milwaukee where stars wouldn't want to go there in most cases, but to play with a guy that can elevate their game like Tyrese Halliburton Hag, like he can, um, that, that's going to happen very soon. They are 28 and 26 when he plays. Still a winning record for a team that is eight, eight games under 500 now, seven games. I said the record wrong earlier, the 31 and 38, right? Like if he played in every game for them this season, which is unreasonable to expect, but they'd be half a game at a seventh mm-hmm. in the East. And they'd have the, they'd have the 19th pick in the draft, right? Like that. <laughs> and, and again, he's missed like not significant time, but like, you know, whatever it is enough. Yeah. 20% he's, of he's, season enough, right? Like you, you, you know, it, it's probably a little bit more than the expectation for a, a standard season over the average of his career. Um, but not like a ton more, right? So like, it's very clear that they need more stuff, which is why a lot of people are looking at, the future and stuff like that when you're so reliant on one player, but that is the line for them between winning and losing now and down the stretch or whatever. I, I'm not saying they need to make a decision or do any specific thing, but just like he's so he makes them like good, right? They were fourth in the East in late November because he was playing so well. And now they're near the bottom. They're 12th because that's what the difference is like holding them out in Detroit and they split against the worst team in the league, right? Like if they're going to decide if he, and it's weird because he's 23, right? So he should be playing as you try to develop these guys and give them game reps and stuff like that. But if he's playing, you kind of can't go to a draft pick philosophy down the stretch, right? It's very hard to like think of the priorities when the player you're so reliant on is so young. It is. And it gives you all of these scenarios that you really have to ponder over. Like we talked about to open this interview tease that, the play-in would really help this team to me. But also, like there, there's the thought that you want to put yourself in as swell and smart of a position possible to make all those first-round picks worth it this year because of what they decided to do at the trade deadline. They put themselves on a path to get here with those three first-round picks. And how many total picks do they have? Is it uh, five? Okay, five. so and and that's a perfect example right there. That that's a well, okay. This is not going to be what happens, but that's a full starting five that you're bringing in on on this team. And there's going to be have to be decisions made. But also, when you make those five picks, those can continue to be the ingredients towards attracting the guy. You know, the Suns trading for Kevin Durant 
it was because they drafted well with Aiton and Booker, and then they brought in Chris Paul, and then they've surrounded them with good role players, and then they hit on the superstar addition. Now, would the Pacers ever trade for a Kevin Durant? That's a question for another day, but you want to put yourself in position where um, you have your star, you're now going to draft well this year with those five picks, and then hopefully down the line you continue to – you keep a buddy healed around. Miles Turner sticks here. You have pretty good players around Hal Burton, and then you take the big swing. And that seems to be what's winning in the NBA nowadays. Zooming out, uh, the the number of picks that they have is honestly part of this discussion in that, you know, before the season when Carlisle on Media Day says, you know, it's a new era, right? We're starting a new era of Pacers basketball. And they use the word rebuild a few times here and there, and they – you know, use their cap space, rent out their cap space to get draft capital, the trade like all the indicators from what they've said and what they've done. And the fact that they have five picks, you don't have five picks. If you're like expecting to contend, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is what a, a rebuilding team's asset chest looks like. And so all the indicators are that this is a rebuilding team. And yet here they are playing well, especially when they're all-star fringe all NBA level point guard plays. So like, yeah. All their actions kind of suggests that the best situation for them at the end of the season is like the best to pick possible, whatever that happens to be. But at the same time, the actual players on the team who have been good all year and have enjoyed the good vibes of winning and for many of them have never played in a play in our playoff game, that experience is valuable to them and they don't care about some guy who's not on the team right now, right? They're trying to establish themselves in the NBA and all this stuff. And like, yes, players see the big picture and understand they're not stupid, but they also want to win like that's natural for players so it is really we we've kind of danced around this a million times but like i understand the value of both and i don't i'm not suggesting one or the other but their actions kind of say one thing but they're also better than maybe they thought they would be like evan pritchard said at the turner extension thing when he was talking to me he said i'm surprised at what i'm saying today compared to what i thought i would be saying today right so mm. they're clearly ahead of schedule but they've got these picks the plan's just right there. It's like this carrot that they could tangibly get. So we'll see how they handle it, but it's going to be fascinating to see what path ultimately they do and where they feel like they should be headed. I mean, look at what, look at the shot in the arm the organization got with just two picks last year. Right. You know, Matherin and Emhart. And suddenly they're two of your most important players. You know, when, especially when Halliburton's out, you could argue that Matherin. And Nemhard performing is kind of the difference between a win and a loss because you know Buddy's Buddy's going to play, he's going to get his shots. Um, Miles's defense usually holds over pretty well, but when Halliburton doesn't play, the Matherin and Nemhard effect becomes even more important. But you, not only are you doubling your number of picks from last year, you get one extra one. So you know, two players did this for your organization this year. What are five players going to do for it next year? Hey guys, let's take one short little break so I can talk to you about two great groups of people. First up, the good folks over at Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. Even favorite bar, Puff. Now's the time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for Peanut Butter Brownie. And if you want the Pacers to win, you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your podcast, and your favorite bar or Puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or Puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or Puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built Bar, best protein bars ever. They're healthy and delicious, all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now. 
to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there so you can vote every day in March. Hop in and support your pick. Let me also talk to you about FanDuel. Three quarters of the NBA season done. Now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points, scores, and threes drained. Grab your spreads, grab your money lines, your player props or points, rebounds, whatever you like. FanDuel's got it, and they even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. You go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yeah, they have a a fascinating summer ahead and tons of cap space to boot. I mean, I could do a whole show on that, but that's for after the games. (laughs) Uh, when, When that time is done. I will ramble on and on about the decisions coming for this team. So we both just basically said the same thing, which is I have no idea what they should do. And it makes sense for either path. I think more fans kind of land at least the more vocal group. I should say, I shouldn't say more. seems like more people are saying like, yes, losing. And I hate that the NBA has set up a system where like that's encouraged. I get why it is what it is. It just drives me insane that that's how it is. Either way, lots going to be learned about this team, but they don't have to sit guys or, have injured players or anything to play the Bucs. They're really good, and that's their opponent tonight. And I only pivot to Milwaukee because that the thing about playing the Bucs for the Pacers is they they I think their only win over them in the last four seasons, Giannis didn't play. They can't stop that guy. They can't beat Milwaukee when he plays. And I'm using that as a springboard to say, one, Brendan, what do you think it takes to slow him down? And if it's not something the Pacers have, there are a lot of good players of his type and size in the NBA, these big wings, and he's the most extreme example, but that the Pacers have could have never been able to slow down. Is that what you feel like the biggest like roster need for this team is? Is the Bucks struggles for this Pacers team kind of emblematic of what they need? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I, to me, the missing puzzle piece, and this is – I actually talked about this with Kevin Bowen because we were hanging in the studio – last week and just chatting up about the Pacers. Like to me, their most glaring need is like that big, bad, strong, physical four. That's not a center that gets on people's nerves. And I, I don't have a name for that player right now, but like I can give you one. He's not in the NBA anymore though. Give me it's David West. You just described David David. West. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly continue. Great. Yeah. Great name. But, um, yeah, man, like even a Draymond, that, sure, that yeah. type, right? Even a Draymond, like that would pair so well with Miles because at the end of the day, the thing with Sabonis and Miles was that they tr- they wanted to do the same things. I mean, Miles wanted to be a scorer, and you know, Miles's defense is his superior thing, but obviously, it wasn't hard to tell. Like he wanted to be the guy down low, so it just didn't work. Like. You get me a guy that could care less if he finishes with two points, but give me he's grabbing 11 rebounds, he's blocking three shots, and like just a big bad force inside. Because suddenly, if you're able to grab that, I mean, you're able to stop what's around you in the East a Giannis, a DeMar DeRozan, uh, Donovan Mitchell, um, you know. 
the, the stars coming in every single, you know, when you play Philly, when you get Embiid, like, you know, if Miles needs some help, a guy to help double team Embiid. So, yeah, to me, that's the missing ingredient to me, T. East. I don't know about you. Yeah, that is certainly a, a, a big thing they need. Like, I have this series up now. Do you know how many times the Bucks have beaten the Pacers in a row right now, BK? Ooh. Uh, is it double digits? It is. It is. Is it 11? It's exactly 10. So I guess that was a little misleading okay. of me. But yes, it is 10 times in a row. However, the last time the Pacers actually won, which was February of 2020, that was the day after Giannis's kid was born. And so he didn't play. Oh. <laughs> so if you exclude that one, the Bucks have won 14 in a row against oh the Pacers. God. The last time the Pacers beat the Bucks with Giannis was uh, December 12th, 2018. So we're approaching five years of this division rivalry being all Bucks, which which makes sense because they're good, obviously, but also because they're a matchup nightmare and totally emblematic of what the Patriots have been unable to stop. And so I say all that to say, yes, I agree with you that, uh, like, this isn't the greatest example because he's not as good of a runner, like P.J. Tucker, right? Just like... Yeah, that's M- a great one. Yeah, an MF, a defensive-minded dude, and his contract kind of sucks right now, but he's good, and he would give them an element that they kind of need, right? And there are other guys like him in the league and that but it's hard to have them be young (laughs) you know what i mean like no one has that rep right when they come in the league so it's hard to figure out the perfect fit of like a young dude who fits that a lot of people who like are really into the draft and i haven't watched a ton of college but jaris walker from houston like people love him because he can kind of potentially like be that player archetype and a little more maybe you know i don't know enough about him to say that i'll do I am fond of him from the two houston games i've watched but like that player type makes a lot of sense to me as just the connecting piece they don't have because it feels like a lot of games they lose their defense is a big reason why they just can't get stops and play to their identity of being quick in transition or whatever, or they just get smoked on the glass. The other team gets 20 offensive rebounds and takes 10 extra shots. And it's like, you can't, you can't totally kill both of those birds with one stone and like changing your play style has to matter here too. But a player who can help in both of those ways would help them against the Bucks, Of course they play tonight, but also help them just in general with many of the things they struggle with. So a couple things. Uh, number one, that last Bucks went. How, how weird is it that Nate Bjorken was the head coach the last time they? Oh, beat, oh man, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh man, that is right. That, or no? I didn't think we'd hear. His, I didn't think I'd hear his name today. <laughs> yeah, and and then secondly, December twelfth, twenty eighteen. Here's a story for you. Okay. I was in. I was at the winter meetings in Las Vegas, and I was making my first ever sports bet. I'd never made a sports bet in my entire life. <laughs> I was like, and that was the game. Actually, Vic came back from injury to play that night. And I yes, walked did. around. I walked around the Mandalay Bay just going up to people and saying, Pacers money line. It's a lock. Pacers money line. It's a lock. And, and like these people, these people are looking at me like I'm crazy. It's like the Pacers to beat the Bucks. Are you psychotic? I went up with $100, put it down. I said, Pacers money line. Give it to me right now. And I won it. And it was the it was the only time in my life, T East, where I was able to flaunt around in Las Vegas and be like, I'm the man. I did not lose money that night. It was amazing. And that was the best Vegas story I've had. What'd you what'd you win on that? Like 80 bucks? Something uh like no, it was plus money. Pacers like Oh plus yeah, probably. Yeah, Pacers were plus money. So <laughs> I walked out with two bills, pretty good. That is what wow. I didn't expect to hear Bjorkren's name today or a story. <laughs> <laughs> of that caliber. The, oh other thing that, the other thing I think they need to close this, this is unrelated-ish to the Bucks part, but just like 
one of their of their other scorers, whoever you can pick out. They're like Matherin's an obvious choice because he's a good a good scorer, but maybe Duarte or someone else needs to be a better playmaker. Yeah, because Halliburton can do both really well, and he's obviously massively important to their success as we outlined earlier, but. You know, McConnell can can run an offense. He's a great passer, but he's not a scoring threat. So, like, the defense can still, like, sit off of him or defend you a little differently. And, like, Matherin can't really pass. Duarte can't really pass. Turner can't really – like, they, they can all make passes. I'm not, like, trying to belittle them too much. But, like, you don't you wouldn't rely on them to be a playmaker, right? Like, they need one more guy who can do a little bit of both, I think. So they're not as bad when Halliburton doesn't play. And just in general, it's not as, like, important to their success against – Milwaukee necessarily, although that type of player would help against anybody. But on top of this forward, they've been chasing for forever. I think that's one more thing that I would I would think they would look at uh, in the summer. Yeah, and you, know, you look at the college game right now. What is being produced so many times? At least one on every single team, a legitimate playmaker. And yep. you know, you you've got an opportunity here with those five picks that you talked about, and you know the three first that. You know, you can be creative here. I mean, if you want to take all three of those first round picks, I'd be cool if KP does that. But also, I mean, be aggressive, man. Be aggressive. Take a swing. And I'm not talking about a Goga swing. I'm talking about, you know, this guy looks like a superstar and he's he's dominated college. I, you know, not even giving an example, but like hypothetically, this guy has dominated college basketball. He's been at the top of the scene. Be aggressive. Go get him. I mean, I I, I want to see them do whatever it takes to, to really go into next year. And you're like, man, okay, Matherin, Nemhard, year two. Tyrese is going to be 24. Miles is kind of the old man on the team. He's happy with the contract extension. Buddy's still storming threes home. Uh, let's say you go out and you get that power forward that you desperately need. And, and then you got five picks coming in, man. Like, that is that is super exciting. So, Take a swing, T-East. I'm excited to see it. They've not been afraid of draft swings, I would say. We'll see where they end up. And this this is a good draft to, to do that, right? There's a yeah. lot of, of talent out there. And, hey, maybe next time I'm talking to you about the Pacers around the draft, we'll be speaking in French, right, if the things break the right way for the Pacers. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. I cannot. I actually cannot because I have math brain, so the lottery is the worst thing for me to cover. But <laughs> it's – He's so good. Uh, BK, thank you for the time. Uh, where can people follow you, The your work covering the South Bend Cubs and indie sports at 1075? Yeah, teased. I appreciate you, man. Uh, just on Twitter, at Sports, Instagram's Brendan King Show. But uh, super excited for the season up in South Bend. Opening day is on the road this year, April 7th in Davenport, Iowa. Um, home opener comes just a few days after that. But pump, man, I mean, we're going to, Get a lot of our work this year, again, on Marquee Sports Network, TV Home of the Cubs. Was actually on there yesterday doing a little spring training stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, closing out the week here in Arizona. So I'll see you guys back in Indy this weekend. I, of course, cover the Pacers. But selfishly, I'm thrilled to have baseball back in my life. BK, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Enjoy the warmth in Arizona, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow talking Pacers-Bucks. Uh, presumably a Bucks win, given the history. But perhaps the Pacers win because they're a much better team this year than they have been the past season or so you know it's all coming here on the lockdown pacers podcast they have a great day see you tomorrow wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point 
And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.